Well, good morning. All right, let's try that one more time. Come on, you're all the 11 o'clock service. You should be awake. Good morning. That's much better. How are you guys doing in 2014? Awesome. All right, so tomorrow is the big day for all you Florida State fans, right? Yeah. How many Gator fans are going to be Auburn fans tomorrow night? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right, um, anyways, welcome to TBA. My name is Dave Shive, and I'm one of the pastors here. And I just wanted to say that um, we're so glad that you're here with us this morning to worship with us. Um, when you came in, you should have gotten a bulletin. There are a couple of things that I would like you to do with that bulletin. The first is, if you look uh, at the, on the side of the bulletin, is a connection card that tears off. And that connection card is for you to communicate with us. You can put your prayer requests on there. You can put information what's going on in your life. Um, if you're here for the first time, if this is your first time with us, um, what we would like for you to do, if you feel comfortable, is please put uh, at least your email address on there. Put as much information as you're comfortable putting on there, but at least your email address. We're not going to show up at your house or anything like that, but we just want to send you an email thanking you for being with us here today. Um, the other thing that's in your bulletin is a small group survey. If you have not filled that out yet, um, we would encourage you to please fill that out. And you can drop that and the connection card in the offering boxes, which are located in the back. Um, we only have one announcement today, just something for you to put on your calendars because you're not going to want to miss it. On February the 2nd, which is Super Bowl Sunday, okay, so you can't miss that day, February the 2nd, we're having a tailgate party here at the church, and um, we're going to have lots of food, we're going to have music, um, we're going to do baptism that day as well and celebrate baptism. So if you've thought about baptism or you've wanted to get baptized, you can sign up on your connection card and let us know, and we'll get some information to you. If you have any questions about baptism, just put that on your connection card and let us know and we'll get back to you, all right? Well, I don't know about you, but the holidays wear me out. Does anybody else feel like they just ran a marathon? I do. I feel like we have just been going and going and going and running from here to there and shopping and hosting this party and going to another party and more shopping and wrapping presents and cooking and then last-minute shopping and traveling to see family and then opening presents and returning presents. Plus, I got sick at Christmas, which was hard. And I know I just feel like right now I'm like, I can finally catch my breath. But it all seems like such a blur. I mean, I can't believe how fast Christmas came and went. But in all of that hustle and bustle, all of those things that we did that were so busy, there were some really cool things that happened in my life. Besides just getting some, some cool presents, I mean, I really got to spend some quality time with my wife and my son. Alex and I, we got to go uh, fishing. He got some new fishing equipment for for Christmas, and we got to spend some time fishing, which we don't do very often, so that was really cool. And Ashley and I, we just really got to spend some time just sitting down and talking with each other and reconnecting uh, in a way we haven't in a long time. And so we got to see extended family that we haven't seen for a long time, so it was really cool. It was nice to be able to do those things. And some really cool things happened here at TBA Church, too. And I know a lot of times in the hustle and bustle of things, um, we really don't do a good job of letting you know what's been going on here at church. So before we get started, I just wanted to share some really cool things that happened in the month of December um, that you guys were a part of. Um, we were able to pack 
um, well, when I say we, you guys, were able to pack 345 uh, shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child. So and that is really, really cool. 345 boxes. That's amazing. All of those boxes were sent all over the world to bring the message of hope to children who are in, a, in need. Uh, and then we did our angel tree, if you guys remember that. Um, if you're a part of that, we were able to provide gifts and clothes for 46 kids. 46 kids who, will not, who would not have had anything to open on Christmas morning. Plus our youth group and some other volunteers, they were able to go into the Highland City area and do some needed home repair and yard work for seven families in the Highland City area. Also, our men's breakfast group, um, they were able to step in and, and provide in a really big way presents and furniture and clothes and much, much more to a family who was in desperate need in our community. So it was cool to see those things happen. So for all of you that participated, we just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time and with your resources. I know it may seem like a small thing to buy an angel tree gift or to pack a shoebox or to rake leaves in a yard, but to the one who opens that gift or to the person that receives that box or to the one who sees you sweating in their yard raking leaves, the impact is huge for them because what we are offering them isn't just a gift or a toy or free labor. What we're offering them is hope. Hope that somebody cares about their suffering. Hope that somebody loves them enough to get involved. Hope that there is something better than what this world has to offer them. That it isn't always going to be dark. That there is a better way. That the news of Jesus Christ really is good news. And I've said this before, but I believe that God has big plans for TBA Church. I truly believe that with all my heart. I mean, God has constantly been putting this vision on our hearts and putting this vision on the hearts of his people here at TBA to truly become the hands and feet of Jesus in the community around us. Now, how that vision is accomplished, it hasn't always been clear for us, but we've been patiently waiting for God to show us what to do step by step. And then we take those steps in obedience to him. And God has given us this amazing dream for what TBA can be. So today, as we begin our Imagine series, and we study the life of Joseph throughout the month of January, we wanted just to share heart with you a little bit. We're calling it Imagine because we want to dream a little. To imagine what it could be like if all of us said yes to God and followed him in obedience. To imagine the impact that we could have on this community because of what God could do through us. So my hope is over the next few weeks that you'll get a good picture of what God has been saying to us as a pastor team. What we believe the reason TBA exists for. What we believe the reason you are here for. See, I don't believe that you are here by chance. I don't believe that. I believe that all of us are here by the providence of God, united for one single purpose. So I hope that during this series, you will hear our hearts and you will hear our passion because our hearts are heavy 
for this community to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. And we are passionate. We are passionate about seeing life change all around us. And my hope is that your heartbeat will be the same as ours and that your passion will be the same as ours and that together we will make a difference in South Lakeland, in Highland City, and around the world. So let's get started today. We chose to study the life of Joseph because we believe that there are some parallels in Joseph's journey with our journey as TBA Church. See, God gave Joseph a dream. He gave him a vision, a purpose for his life, just like he gave TBA Church a vision and purpose. So let's look at Joseph's story. The story of Joseph was one of my favorite stories as a kid growing up, mostly because of the coat of many colors. But as an adult, I find that the story of Joseph is intriguing and inspiring. It's one of the great dramas of the Bible, and it's a definite must-read if you haven't studied it before. If you've never read the story of Joseph and studied it, make a commitment to do that this month because it is very powerful. It's a story of betrayal and forgiveness. It's a story of justice triumphing over injustice. It's a story of faith held strong in the midst of temptation and suffering. The story of Joseph is in Genesis chapters 37 through 50. And it begins with Joseph is 17 years old. And Joseph is favored by his father who gives him a coat of many colors. And consequently he's hated by his brothers because of it. Because Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. Because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph. A beautiful robe. So his brothers hated him because Jacob loved him more. And to make matters worse, Joseph had a couple of dreams. And he kind of brags to his brothers about those dreams. He goes to his brothers and he says, listen to this dream I had. We were all out in the field tiling up bundles of grain and suddenly my bundles stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before me. And this, of course, infuriates his brothers even more. And it increases their hatred of him, so much so that they conspire to kill Joseph. But Reuben, who's the oldest, he learns of their plans. And when he learns of it, he says to them, let's not kill him. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him in this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without laying a hand on him. And Reuben was secretly planning to go back later and rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So that's what they do. They throw Joseph in the pit. And while Joseph's in the pit, later on they sit down to eat and they see this caravan of Ishmael uh, traders heading to Egypt. And Judah gets an idea. And Judah says to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. And that's what they do. They sell him to the traders for 20 pieces of silver. And then later on, Reuben comes back, and he sees that Joseph's not in the pit, and he's gone, and he begins to panic because he doesn't know what he's going to tell his father because Reuben, being the oldest, is responsible for Joseph. So the brothers come up with another plan, and, the, and they kill the goat, and they dip Joseph's robe in its blood, and then they sent the robe to their father with a message saying, look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? And so now Jacob believes that his favorite son has been killed by wild animals. And Jacob mourns him deeply, deeply mourns him. Meanwhile, in Egypt, Joseph is sold into slavery to Potiphar, who was the captain of the palace guard to Pharaoh. 
Now, while Joseph is in, in Potiphar's, um, uh, under Potiphar, God begins to bless Joseph greatly. He blesses him so much in his work that Potiphar puts Joseph in charge of his whole household. And the Bible says that Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything because Joseph had it all under control. Now, during this time, Potiphar's wife begins to lust after, after Joseph and tries to seduce him. But Joseph refuses and he says, look, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. And so Joseph remains faithful to his master and rejects his wife's advances. And this makes her angry. So angry that she falsely accuses Joseph of trying to force himself upon her and has him thrown into prison. Now while he's in prison, God continues to bless Joseph. So much so that the warden of the prison soon puts Joseph in charge of all the prisoners and everything that happens in the prison. And after a little while, two guys are thrown into prison with him. The Pharaoh's cupbearer and his baker. And both of them have these really strange dreams. And so Joseph interprets the dreams for them. Basically, he tells the cupbearer that in three days, Pharaoh is going to restore you back to your position. And when you go back to your position, Joseph says, don't forget about me. Put in a good word for me. But for the baker, things weren't going to work out so well. He told the baker that in three days, Pharaoh is going to have you impaled and you're going to die. And that's exactly what happens. Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so that he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But the Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted his dream. And Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. And so for two more years, two more years, Joseph stays in prison. And then Pharaoh has a dream that no one could tell him what it meant. And then the cupbearer finally goes, oh yeah, I remember this Hebrew guy in prison who can interpret dreams. And so Pharaoh calls for Joseph, brings him in front of him, and tells him to interpret the dream. And Joseph says, I can't interpret your dream, but God can. So Pharaoh tells Joseph the dream. <clears throat> he was standing on the Nile, and he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up out of the river, and they began to graze in the marsh grass. But then I saw seven sick-looking cows, scrawny and thin, come up after them. I've never seen such sorry-looking animals in all the land of Egypt. And these thin, scrawny cows ate the seven fat cows. So Joseph tells Pharaoh what his dream means. And he says, basically, this is what's going to happen. The, the land of Egypt is going to have seven years of plenty. We're going to have bumper crops like you've never seen before. And then following that, we're going to have seven years of famine, the worst famine that's ever been seen. And that Pharaoh, Pharaoh, you need to use those seven years of plenty to prepare for the famine. And so Pharaoh is so impressed with Joseph that he puts him in charge of all of Egypt to oversee the preparations for the famine. He is second in command in all of Egypt. The only person who has a higher rank than Joseph is the Pharaoh. And then God uses this famine to bring his brothers to Egypt 
because there's no food to be found anywhere else. And so his brothers have to go to Egypt to beg for food. And who's in charge? Who's in charge of all the food? Joseph is. Joseph is. And it's a perfect opportunity for Joseph to get revenge on his brothers. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't seek revenge. In fact, Joseph, the way that he deals with his brothers, eventually lead them to repentance. And the family is reconciled together. And Joseph's brothers beg for his forgiveness. And while they're doing that, Joseph is weeping. And he's weeping and he says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And Joseph forgives his brothers and God uses him to save the nation of Israel. Now I just gave you a very quick overview. And in the next few weeks we're going to go into a little bit more detail of this story. But the point that I want to make today is this. Joseph believed that God had a providential purpose in his life. Even a purpose in the things that he suffered unjustly. And that was to preserve a remnant of Israel that would fulfill the promise of Abraham. At least four times Joseph reassures his brothers, it was not you who sent me, but God. It's a crazy and radical idea to think that nothing I experience happens without divine design and permission. In other words, nothing happens by chance. I said earlier, I don't believe you're here by chance. I don't believe that. I don't believe that to be true. I believe that just like Joseph, God is involved in every detail of our lives. And it's no accident that you are here at TBA today. I believe that God has called each and every one of us here to accomplish something great through us, this church just like he did through Joseph. Joseph said, he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And I think that's why we're here as well. We're here to save the lives of many people. A few months ago, the pastor staff, we got away a little bit to pray and just to seek out God's face and to ask him, You know, God, what do you want to do with TBA Church? Where do you want to go from this point forward? And last week, Ed, who did a great job of walking us through Genesis, he asked a question last week. He said this, If money were not an issue and you knew you couldn't fail, what would your 2014 year look like? Well, that's basically the same question we asked at the retreat. If money weren't a problem and God was in it, What would it look like at TBA? What kind of church would we be? What kind of things would we do? And we began to dream about what it would look like if everybody was sold out. If everybody in the church was all in. What could that look like? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the impact that we would have in this community? And then God brought this verse to us. We were talking about it because we were going through the Ephesians series at the time we were at the retreat. 
And again, I don't believe in coincidences that God brought this verse and that we were going through Ephesians at the time we were seeking him out. And it says this in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. It was like God was almost saying to us, I dare you to dream big. I dare you to dream big. Because no matter what you dream, I'm going to blow you away with what I'm going to do at TBA. Now, I don't know about you, but I can imagine a lot. I can. I can imagine a lot of things for us. I can imagine us having a physical presence in Highland City. Whether it's a house that we buy or we buy property and build there, I don't know what that looks like. But it's a place that becomes a hub of ministry in that community. A place where kids can come after school for tutoring. A place where families can come for help, whether it's a physical need like food, shelter, and clothing, or it's a spiritual need like marriage counseling or financial counseling. A place where we can host neighborhood block parties just to start relationships with people in that community. I can imagine us doing Bible study out of that place with those people that we've established relationships with. I can imagine us even planning a church there. How cool would that be to plan another church? I can imagine TBA having a single mother ministry that helps with everything from car repair to general house repair. A ministry that helps single mothers juggle the burden of working and raising a family on their own. A ministry that lets them know they are not alone and that they have a family that cares and loves them and will not let them down. I can imagine us having a number of duplexes that are used for transitional housing so that those who find themselves misplaced because of divorce or job loss or financial strain will have a place to stay until they get back on their feet. I can imagine our church members living side by side with those people, walking with them, counseling them through their current difficulty. I can imagine our church so on fire for God that our numbers begin to grow because of our reputation in the community as one of love and acceptance. A church that is so in love with Jesus that we are constantly inviting others to be a part. And as we are encouraging one another and building each other up and discipling each other, we would send each other out so that the message of Christ would leave this place and spread throughout Lakeland and around the world. I mean, if we were able to do those things and God was a part of it, can you imagine the number of people that would come to a saving faith in Jesus? And that's what it's all about, by the way. That's why we, that's why we exist. That's our purpose. It is. TBA Church is here. And we are the church, by the way. You and me, we're the church. We are here to help people find Jesus Christ. That is our primary mission. Everything else that we do is done to help accomplish that main mission. Shoe boxes, Angel Tree, the food bank, all the ministries that we do, even what we do here on Sunday morning are all, emit, are all meant to equip the church to spread the amazing news of Jesus Christ.
And if we're not doing that, if we're not doing that, if we're not spreading the gospel of Christ, then we are failing. We are failing to fulfill the purpose that God has for us here. Because what good is it if a person is fed, clothed, and picked back up on their feet if the end for them is still hell? See, it doesn't matter whether you're homeless or a billionaire. Without Jesus Christ, both are lost for eternity. And statistics say that three out of four people in South Lakeland, three out of four do not know Jesus Christ. That weighs so heavy on my heart. Three out of four do not know Jesus Christ. Most of my life I have been a part of church in some form or fashion. And for most of that time, I have been disappointed, frustrated, and unfulfilled. Because I would see such huge potential for God's work. Immense talent and resources available to be leveraged for God's kingdom. A desire in the leadership to see people to come to that life-giving knowledge of Christ Jesus. But for whatever reason, those resources and those talents, they were never used. Oh, the talk was good. They talked it good. But when it came to walking the walk, it just never happened. For once in my life, just once, I want to be a part of a church that makes a difference. A part, of, a part of a church that not only says the right things, but puts those things into action. A church that's really about reaching the community instead of always being about themselves. A church that is really about seeing relationships mended and marriages restored. A church that is about bringing spiritual as well as physical healing to those who are so desperate for any glimpse of hope in their life. A church that is willing to die to itself and sacrifice it all simply because they are so in love with God. A church that is never about its own name or glory, but all about the name of God and His glory. I want us to be that church. I think God is calling us to be that kind of church. But just like Joseph had a few roadblocks in his path, he had to overcome those things before God could fully use them to his potential. I think we as TBA Church have a few roadblocks in our path as well that we need to overcome. And one of the biggest ones that we have is financial. It is. We simply do not have the financial commitment to accomplish all the things that God has put before us. Now, I know people don't like to talk about money. I know they don't. But the reality of it is, is it takes money to do ministry. The building that we use, I mean, the AC that we enjoy, the coffee that we drink, the chairs that we sit on, books, materials, insurance, property maintenance, utilities, computers, sound equipment, the list goes on and on and on. It all takes money to keep the organization running. And to be honest with you, we rarely make budget. 
Our budget to maintain what we currently do now is $10,000 a week. But our average for this year is only $8,000. So we run $2,000 short every week. And if we want to be able to accomplish what I believe God is calling us to be, then our financial picture has to change. It has to change. It does. That's why we're asking each one of you, we're going to ask every person in the church to go through Financial Peace University. So starting next week, you're going to get the opportunity to sign up for a Financial Peace class. And I don't have time to tell you all the amazing benefits of the class, but I'm telling you, if you've never been through it, you need to go through it. Even if you've been through it, you need to go through it again. I've been through it three times, and I always find something new in it. But the reason we're using FPU is because statistics say that 70% of people in America are so burdened with debt and are living paycheck to paycheck, they don't even have the ability to give if they wanted to. And we simply want to give you the tools to be everything that God is calling you to be. Because FPU isn't just about budgets and it isn't about saving. That's not what it's about. It's about helping you become what God has called you to be. Imagine in your own life, if money were not an issue for you, if you had no debt, money were not an issue, imagine in your own life, what could God do through you? What could he do through you? And that's all FPU does is help you to get to that position. Now before you tune me out, please hear my heart. We do not care how much money you give. That's not what it's about. But I do care about this. I do care that you are so in love with Jesus and that you are so sold out to spreading his word that you are willing to do whatever he asks you to do, including being a faithful giver. Because the truth is, money is a spiritual issue. It is. And an overburdening consumer debt is one of the biggest spiritual issues that faces our church today. And I know there are people out there who say that all, church, all churches, all they do is talk about money. Well, the truth is, we really don't talk about money a lot here. We don't. But we need to. Because it's one of the biggest things holding us back from being obedient to what God wants us to do. Besides, Jesus talked about money more than he talked about any other issue in the Bible. And so if he talked about it, it's probably worth us talking about it as well. Imagine what we could do if we were all sold out. If we were all in. If money wasn't an issue and God was with us. Can you imagine how God would move through us and through this community? As the band comes up, I want to leave you with this. I want you to know, I am willing to do whatever it takes to make that vision happen. Not because it's my job, but because I am sold out to Jesus because it is my heart and it is my passion to see people come to know who Jesus is. The same is true for our staff. But here's what we know. We know that we cannot, there is no way 
that we can do this by ourselves. We just can't. The vision is way too big for just the staff and the ministry directors. There's no way we can do it alone. Each one of you has to be a part of it. See, I said before I don't believe in coincidence, and I don't. I don't believe that it's coincidence that God has put it on our hearts as pastors to have ministries that help single mothers, ministries that feed the hungry and clothe the poor, and at the same time we have people in our church that have that same passion. I don't believe that it's coincidence that God has put Highland City on our heart, and at the same time God brings people to our church that have the same passion for that area, the same passion to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to a community that desperately needs it. I don't believe in coincidences at all. I believe it is all providential, just like it was for Joseph. I believe that it is providential that you are here and a part of TBA. It is God-designed because each one of you, each one of you are going to be needed to accomplish this vision See, God accomplished something amazing through Joseph. Even though he had roadblocks along the way, Joseph remained faithful and obedient to God in order for God's plan to be fulfilled. I believe that God wants to accomplish something amazing through us as well. The question is, are we willing to be faithful and obedient? Are we willing to overcome our roadblocks the way that Joseph did in order for God's vision for this community to be fulfilled. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for for your amazing love and grace and mercy in our lives, God, that, that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son to die for us, Lord. Thank you that, um, that because of his sacrifice, God, we have hope of eternal life. God, my prayer is, is that we would have a passion to share that hope. God, that our heartbeat would beat the way that yours does to reach out to those that are in need. God, to reach out to those that are living in darkness. God, that we would be so sold out and so all in that we would do whatever it takes. We would sacrifice whatever it takes to share your love to the world around us. God, help us to be that kind of church. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.